still, I think he's still coming back mid season, Chris. That's that's just not, not as a wide receiver, but continue. <laughs> I mean, you y'all can think not as a wide receiver, but what if he does come back as a wide receiver? I'm, I'm gonna be look, look, y'all owe me twenty dollars. Y'all owe me twenty dollars if he comes back as a wide receiver. All right, but then you owe, but then you owe me a hundred. I'll take it. There you go. Oh, oh shit! No, 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 that's too much. That's too much. Welcome to another LY Jets Fair podcast with host David Sharp and Chris as we get another episode of Jets News and also NFL News as we got our special guest Joe Blue here with us once again. Um, it's a it's an honor for you to come here with us and talk to us about some Jets news and some Jets stuff. Um, and I'm going to give it to Charmin and let Charmin talk, talk to you real quick. What's up, Joe, man? How's it going? Uh, I know, I know the film breakdowns is uh, going crazy. I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of guys are um, calling you the machine. The amount of film you're putting out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the boss Joe Caparoso of TOJ just just put that out there. Uh, the machine, yeah, and they haven't even seen the reviews on Robbie Anderson, Leonard Williams, Jordan Jenkins, and Jonathan Harrison yet. So he doesn't know what's coming to him. <laughs> Yeah, Jets fans, man, you're missing out if you're not following this guy. Uh, definitely a total understanding of our team and, and players in our team. But um, for us here today, uh, um, I really wanted to um, do a Jets offense episode with Joe because um, I think even even uh, fan, um, NFL fans that are not, that are not Jets fans are kind of uh, high on what what could be possible with um, Adam Gates and Sam Donald and the pieces around and the pieces around him. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, in the in your film breakdown, man, uh, what did you see in Adam Gates's offense that particularly would marry well with what Donald does uh, as a quarterback? Okay, well, there's a few different kind of thoughts with the offense. Uh, with the offense, the the one good thing about it is he did run a good amount of play action. He got Tannehill uh, rolling out, which if you guys obviously uh, watch Sam Darnold, you know that he's probably a better thrower on the run than, than he is with, you know, even feet in the pocket and, and being able to throw from an even base when he's on the movie and make some of those playground throws. Mm. Um, he's very, very good at that. And, that, and you know, in Gates' offense, that is a big part of it. Um, there are some concepts that he does like to run, like flood and sail um, on the sideline, which Darnold was better with last year. But it's kind of also hard to pin exactly what Gates will do because, um, as I've said before, and I said on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast when I was on there a couple of days ago, uh, Gase ran so many different schemes and so many different systems that it's almost hard to predict. Uh, and that did include a lot of you know screens and running back screens, wide receiver screens, tight end screens. But I'm not sure how much that was necessarily because that's a big piece of his offense, or that's a big piece, of, or that's not as big of a piece of his offense as, as uh, it, it was in Miami because he was dealing with a you know, lackluster quarterback situation over his three years with, like I said, Matt Moore and Jay Cutler, Tannehill, um, et cetera. So I know he's going to run some streams. I don't think he's going to run as many as he did with the Dolphins. Uh, so there's a couple – but there's a couple different things, like I said, that, that he ran and I had mentioned to you, uh, to you guys the first time we tried to record, but I'm not going to mention all those concepts again. Um, so there's, definitely, there's a lot of concepts, and that was one of the issues with him where Dolphins fans thought that something would work. Um, with his offense, then he wouldn't go back to it. And that, that was a, a concern of mine where, let's just say, it was a, 
name any random system, uh, uh, you know, uh, concept, a cab concept. It would work, and then he would go completely away from it uh, for six weeks. Then you'd you'd see it like seven weeks later, where you know a lot of coaches and what the coaches like McVeigh do is they'll build that that you know that cab concept. They'll 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 work it, they'll work they'll work it, they'll work, uh, work it, and then they'll throw in another you know either let's say another level to it, another you know wrinkle to that scheme, and then they'll make you think you're running cab and then it has a little wrinkle that beats you again. And then you're always wrong. So it's, I, I want to see him more uh, kind of use concepts uh, and, and build upon them than keep trying to go to different concepts. So I'm hoping that he finds what wor- uh, what works with Darnold and it keeps going back to it. But I do think that uh, screens will be a big part of it, not as big as a part of it as they were with Miami. And I also think that, you know, uh, rolling out flood concepts, those three level type reads on the silo will be a big piece of it, but that there's a big chunk of the offense you know, 70% of the offense, I'm not too sure because, like I said, he ran so many different concepts in Miami, so. Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're right and the fact that I think it had a lot to do with uh, uh, the number of QBs and their talent level. Uh, I think, I think uh, Donald is a different kid. Uh, um, I think there's a possibility that his convictions would change Gates for the better. I think, I think him having opening open conversations with uh with Donald could help uh Gates kind of center you know what's best especially with the with with the pieces which I think more talented uh uh pieces that that uh they have here um here in New York um uh, I wanted to also speak specifically about what you saw on film for um for the development of our tight end uh, Herndon uh what do you think that he would do the, uh best in uh in the um in Gase's offense. Yeah, the thing about Herndon, so Herndon had a, you know, I think it was a couple of highlight plays, and I don't want people to think I'm necessarily down on Herndon. I just don't like to lie about what I see. Um, I think a decent amount of Herndon's yards and catches came from situations where he didn't really earn, um, you know, himself getting open, where it was kind of, it was not, it was kind of schemed up, even though I don't want to really give any credit to Jeremy Bates because he's one of the worst offensive minds in football, in my opinion. <laughs> but there were some situations where he was just wide open and he, and he caught the ball. And that was obviously aided in people's, you know, opinion of him was aided by a couple of flashy catches, you know, versus the Packers, uh, made a couple of catches, you know, late in the season and making a couple of catches. So um, <clears throat> I'm not on the hype train where he's going to be a top tight end this year. But at the same time, I think he could be a top 15 type guy. Uh, he has good athleticism. He has, uh, you know, relatively good route running. I think he still needs to improve on his hands. So I think he's a young piece that can develop. But I'm not necessarily, um, like I said, I don't think he's going to be a top, top tier tight end. I still think he has to develop in a decent amount of areas. But uh, I also do have faith that he's better than a guy in Miami, Mike Gusecki. So that's obviously, you know, that's a positive. And Mike Gusecki was a big part. Um, of the offense, intermediate routes, short, uh, shorter routes, you know, shallow drags and crossers, things like that. There's also there's also going to be some times where, you know, Gase wants to screw with defenses, and and if you're going to put, you know, Robbie Anderson, Crowder, and Anunua in a three by one set on on where, you know whatever side it may be, left, right, field boundary, and then you could throw uh, Herndon if it is in a man coverage look, you know, on the opposite side of the field against a linebacker or, or a safety. And I have confidence at least enough in him. Um, this year where he's not, he, you know, he's going to win that matchup. Not always. It depends on who he necessarily is playing, but I think you're going to see him in some Y ISO situations, uh, shorter underneath type, uh, type situation. I also think you're going to see him a little bit in the screen game, not a ton, but he does have um, the necessary athleticism to be able to pick up some yards. But like I said, it's almost hard to, and it's kind of, a, it's almost like a, a, a cop out, but 
it's it's true. It's kind of hard to predict the system. And I'm asking that. It's not like, oh, yeah, well, he, he runs a West Coast, and this is exactly what he does. He runs so many different things. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, this is exactly what he's going to do. But that's, uh, I, I guess, that's the best answer I can give you. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, even even uh, following Joe, uh, guys, uh, if you watch, I remember watching that that episode when he talked talked about uh, Gase's offense, uh, uh, the amount of schemes and 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 route combinations and stuff that he kept naming one after the other. I kept I kept having to type, write them down and like go in, like try to like search them up and like what is this? What is this? And what is this? And, it was it was uh it's, it was a crazy combination of a lot of stuff, but um, uh um I think I think more than I think I think we have questions as a Jets uh as Jet as Jet fans about um about our wide receiver core. Um um I know probably one of the biggest questions here is uh, Anunua because he's because it's possible injury prone guy. You know uh, uh we're we're all kind of on pins and needles. Is this a season where he breaks out? You know, um, because he has the athleticism, he has the speed, and he has, he's a big guy. You know, he could really be a focal point in an offense uh, um, if, if he stays uh, um, injury-free. Uh, what, what did you see um, 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 in Gase's film that could fit a player like uh, uh, um, Anunua? Well, the good thing about Anunua is he's super versatile, and we've seen that over his years. And obviously, injuries are going to be concerned with him just about how he runs and uh, how physical he is, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, you know, crack blocking linebackers and, sa- and safeties like he did a lot in 2015. Uh, a little bit less of that last year, but uh, he's a versatile guy. He, he could work deep down the field. He can work intermediate. He can work short. Um, and with him, you have a guy who, you know, people aren't going to really want to look at this and think about this, but he's a great blocker. And that's, you know, people are like, oh my God, really like a great blocker. But with a guy who runs a lot of screen passes, um, being out as a blocker is fantastic. So even if it's not him getting the ball and it's a guy like Crowder um, or whoever it might be, you know, be, um, whoever it may be, maybe Herndon or Wesco or, you know, whatever, he's a great blocker for that. He's also a guy, obviously, if you can get him out in space and, and working, um, trying to pick up Yak, he's, he's not a guy who's going to typically go down by one tackler. So if you can get him out in space and scheme him open, you know, if it's a, if you have, you know, two receivers, you know, out wide and there's only a safety in a corner there and maybe a linebacker far inside who's kind of cheating over a little bit and then he only has to beat a linebacker or a safety one-on-one in open field if the, if the, if the uh, receivers, you know, throw the pop, uh, proper block. That's another situation you can use him. Um, obviously blocking, you know, whether that be in line as an H-back, as a fullback, there's a couple of different scenarios in Gase's offense where, you know, he had guys like Albert Wilson or Kenny Stills in the backfield. So I'm gonna, I think you're going to see a little bit of that from – um, a Nunwa, I don't think it's going to be a ton, but it will be something that you'll, you will, I can almost guarantee that you'll see. Um, and then with him, with a Nunwa last year, it was kind of weird because like 2015 was his year where it was a lot of uh, yak type situations and blocking. And then 2016, it was, he was working da- uh, deep down the field a little bit. And then 2000, uh, sorry, so make that opposite. It was 2016, you saw, you saw him working um, the screen game and, and blocking. And then 17, uh, well, actually, he was injured in 17, so I was right the first time. See, I'm screwing yes. up. Seriously. I, I know it was three years. So the 15th season was with Brandon Marshall and Decker, where he was kind of bursting out a little bit, like the big run versus the Ravens, you know, yak-type situations. Uh, 16 um, was a year he was working deep down the field a little bit more. 17, he was injured. And then 18 last year, it was so frustrating to watch him because he's not the best route runner. Um, he's not 
uh, the best even hands catcher. He does drop some balls. He has some problems, you know, uh, looking the ball in. He's not like Julio Jones or anything like that, but he's solid in all areas. And last year, it was almost hard to do a film review on him because everything he did was short and and uh, in a screen game. And I don't think that necessarily, you know, it fits his game. But he does. He can do more than that. He can outrun um, some corners. You know, he he can he can run routes. He has relatively solid hands. Where he's kind of like an like he's an inconsistent guy. Where he'll make one fantastic catch. Um, like he did, you know, I remember the Tampa Bay game a couple of years ago, the Patriots game, obviously, versus Malcolm Butler was a great play. So he makes some good catch like that, but he also has some concentration drops. But I think just kind of pigeonholing him into the screen game um, is misusing what, what he could do, you know, in space and even uh, with, with some of his hands. So I'm hoping that he'll, uh, he'll be a bigger part of Adam Gates' offense than just in the screen game. Yeah, definitely a, a promising uh, talent there, man. Um, just hoping that he he, st- he stays uh, injury free, and we could probably see something uh, a little bit more, see a little bit more from uh, from Anunua this year. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Jamison Crowder. I think I think um, I think before we signed him, I think a lot of names that were kicked around uh, um, around and, and a lot of Jets fans were. High on what, like uh, the kid from uh, the Bucks, uh, Humphreys. Remember his yep. name, Adam Humphreys. Humphreys. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think Adam Humphreys' name came up a lot, and a lot of Jets fans were kind of happy there was a possibility about him. And then when Crowder was signed, I think there was a lot of there was kind of a letdown feeling because nobody really knew what he was capable of. Tell us, Joe, uh, uh, from the film study, uh, what what are we getting in uh, Jameson Crowder, and how does he fit well? Uh, fit with uh, Adam Gase's uh, offense? Uh, well, Adam Gase's offense, it's, you know, even though it is very versatile, it is predicated on a lot of guys being in the right places at the right time with good route running and good understanding of, of defenses, uh, sitting in soft spots and zones. Um, and Crowder is a guy who offers that. He's a guy who you were right before the, you know, offseason when Jets were looking for that wide receiver help and Jets fans wanted to, you know, sign another receiver, obviously, to help out Sam Darnold going to second year. A lot of the talk was guys like Golden Tate. Um, and, and typically, you know, when we're talking about strictly slot guys, uh, is, you know, Golden Tate, who I think was the best yak type guy in the slot, um, in free agency. And then you have a guy in Adam Humphreys, who was probably, you know, a little bit quicker than a guy in Jamison Crowder might be a little bit better of a route runner, but I think Jamison Crowder is kind of the jack of all trades guy where he, he, you know, he could provide yak. He, he can also uh, return kicks and punts and, you know, not all situations. I don't want. I don't want a guy who's getting that much money and is going to be this big of a piece of it of the of the offense. You know, returning kicks and punts. But let's say the Jets are down twenty four to twenty one in the fourth quarter. You know, have him out there instead of whoever's going to win that job. Um, he and like I said, he's a guy who he, he can get that yak. Really good route runner um, for the most part. I think he has to work on that first phase a little bit, um, which I highlighted in my show. But he still overall is a very very good route runner. Something that was kind of. I not overlooked because I was just watching Redskins games, you know, Redskins games casually. It's not like when I watch all football games, I'm like breaking down film while I'm watching. I kind of just watch to enjoy uh, for the most part. And some stuff will, you know, will come up. And I, it, that's kind of funny. Like I'll have, uh, you know, just like a little side and I'll be like at a Jets game, like, you know, have a few Millers in me. And they're like, oh, what'd you see on that play? What was the coverage? I'm like, dude, I don't, listen, man. Like I'm just trying to chill out and watch the game like a normal person. Like I'm not trying to watch film like that all the time. Like, you know, just give me a little bit of a break. But, uh, he might be called the machine, but come on, guys. <laughs> well, not well, not not when I'm not when I'm a few deep. I'm not trying to say anything <laughs> wrong, but uh, yeah. So he he offers a lot. He he could do a lot of different things. But like I said, the thing I overlooked when watching those games was he he actually wins vertically. And somebody asked me, okay, well, you know, he's a guy who ran a four five four six. You know, how did he win vertically? 
um, and the way that he wins vertically is during that, you know, that, that first phase where, and I'm not talking about those, like the very, very first phase, which is getting off the press. There's like the secondary first phase, like phase, like the one B phase where it's, um, you know, setting up the defender's hips or body uh, to, to get by them. I think he's very good at selling, um, you know, his stems and selling his body to make corners wrong, basically, in, in that first or second phase of their coverage. So he doesn't need the deep speed to get by them because he beats them so early in the route. So that's something that I overlooked with him. So he's a guy who do everything. He could run underneath routes. He could run, he could run uh, guys vertically, um, like I said, by winning underneath. He can get yak. He can kick return and punt return. Um, so he's a guy who I think is going to be an important piece to this offense. And, you're going, and Adam Gates is going from a guy and Jamison Crowder, or from a guy in uh, Danny Amendola to Ali Jamison Crowder, who Jamison Crowder, like you guys said, you know, people are a little bit disappointed, but watching the film, I was, I was happy with him. And, you know, I'm not a Jets homer. There's plenty of guys I will uh, bash quite frequently, but Jamison Crowder was a guy who, um, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by. So I think he's a very versatile piece for, for Adam Gates as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm really surprised. I'm really, uh, I'm really uh, encouraged by what I saw and what you uh, in your breakdowns, uh, um, breaking down the film on Jamison Crowder. I'm, I'm kind of, especially knowing, kind of knowing what uh, what um, what Gase does uh, offensively. It's really interesting. It was a really interesting uh, take here. Um, uh, um, I think I think uh, we can't we can't go further without speaking about Robbie Anderson. You finished a, a, a complete film breakdown on Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, tell tell Jet fans uh, what what you what you saw, what you think of his season last year, and what what are your kind of uh, projections for this year? Yeah, he's he's uh he's fast. That's about it. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what you hear people say. So uh, he's he's a guy who in this offense, I think he's going to be on a lot of those three level reads or even. Um, you know, two-level reads, he's going to be that guy who's going to take the top off the defense. He might not be the primary reads because in a lot of, you know, two-level reads, uh, it's the intermediate guy. and a lot of three-level reads, it's still the intermediate guy. So he's not going to be, you know, uh, necessarily the focal point on every single play, but he's definitely going to stretch out zones. Um, he's going to get some extra attention. He's going to get doubled at times because there's just some corners who are not going to be able to, to uh, cover him you know, with his speed. And there's plenty of plays last year. And I, I know you guys watched the film reviews and how many times that I put up plays of Robbie Anderson burning guys like Jalen Ramsey, burning guys like Xavier Rhodes, who's looked at one of the top corners in the league. Um, and he just didn't get the ball, whether it be, you know, uh, Sam Darnold missing. He actually, he actually missed him. I think it was in the Denver game too on an out and up, or maybe it was the Dolphins game. I forget. But um, there was plenty of times where he was open deep down the field. And I think he gets disrespected a little bit through the national media where, and this is why, like, I get you want NFL players talking about football, um, but if they're not, if they're not really kind of in tune to what's actually happening, they don't have the dedication to watch the film. Uh, I don't remember who it was, and child, I'm not just saying it because I don't want to call him out because I'm fine with doing that, and obviously I don't think he's going to hear this. But one of the uh, one of the guys was like, "Oh, well, you know, the Jets don't really have a deep threat," and I was like, "You got to be kidding!" I me. think I know who it was yeah. too. I, th- I I think it was a, a former Den- uh, Broncos Terrell Davis. Back. Yeah, there right. you go. So, yeah. so to say the Jets don't have one of the best deep threats, not, not, not even one of the best deep threats in the NFL, he said they don't have one at all is utterly ridiculous. Robbie Anderson, um, but I, I don't think – I think he may be in that top 15 to 20 range. I think you do, I really have to go through receivers and, and rank him out. But he is easily a top three to five 
uh, deep throughout the NFL. And I don't think there's any really conversation um, about that right now. So uh, you're going to see him, you know, uh, take the top off the defense, which a lot of people say. But I also think uh, one of the things you're going to be able to do with him as well uh, is get him on a lot of those isolation routes. And we saw that a lot versus the Houston game versus the uh, versus the Packers and even versus the Bills, where listen, if you if you're gonna throw a three by one set, you're gonna throw him to the opposite side by himself, and it's just and it's man coverage, and it's just that corner versus Robbie, and you don't have safety help over top. Listen, you could you could play him over top, that's fine, but you better open your hips, you know, three to five yards before he gets to you because he's gonna blow right by it. And if you do that, Robbie Anderson, you know, he's not the he's not the sharpest guy in terms of getting into his stop steps and his break and, and getting his hips sharply out of breaks, but he has he, he's good enough at it where if you hips he's going to be able to win cut, uh, cutting back to the ball or breaking outwards so I think you're going to see him a lot on the, on the, on the beat at the top level read and then uh, I think you're going to see him a lot on isolation routes on the opposite side of two by one three by one sets to take advantage of man coverage because it's hard to go, uh, cover him one-on-one you know you can try to press him at the line which I think is the best way to cover Robbie Anderson because he's obviously not the strongest guy but if you're going to play any type of off coverage and he's going to beat you sometimes in press, because listen, if you beat him, you know, nine times out of 10 out of press, that, that 10th time is most likely going to be a 50 yard touchdown. So I'll take that, you know? So um, it's, he's going to be an interesting piece. He's, he is, like I said, in that top 15 to 20 range, I'll, I'll sit down maybe on board one day and really rank him out, but he's one of the best deep threats in the NFL. And as an offensive coordinator, offensive mind, if you can't take advantage of that, you're, you're just pretty inept and you probably shouldn't be coaching the NFL, which I do not think is the case for Adam Gase. So. Definitely. Yeah, you, um, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, we're all, as Jet fans, we were, we were excited to see what um, he turns into. I think, I, I think the possibility of him being one of the best wide receivers in the league is, is pretty high, in my opinion anyway. Um, um, he has a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do, but yeah, I I feel like he he can be one of those guys. Um, I think one of the most interesting film breakdowns and more I think more important than anything, especially um, can when I we talk can I about... guess who this is going to be before you say it? Can you <laughs> Go say ahead. Jonathan Harrison. <laughs> Man, you can read minds. <laughs> I'm just so... you're a machine. And I'm, you just can read so, minds. I'm just so used to the topics and what people say. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 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 I think it's very important because I think that's uh, basically as Jets fans, I think that's what we worry most about. Uh, basically, this guy was a backup mm-hmm. center, and all of a sudden now we're supposed to believe he's a he, he's a top tier, or oh, he's good enough to be a starter here, uh, Joe. After breaking down his film, what did you see? Yeah, it's, I think it's funny. Like one of the storylines you hear with him. This is why, like, like I was talking to Michael Nani the other day. And he's like, he's you know, people who comment under my plays and they're they'll be completely wrong. And I don't like answer them back, um, just because they're like, oh yeah, you know, he was supposed to push up to the mic. I'm like, no, he he really really wasn't. <laughs> but I just don't say anything back because I don't want to get in stupid arguments with people. But one of the things I heard was. And I'm sorry if one of you guys have said this, but like I said, I'm just going to be very truthful. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold had his best four games when Jonathan Harrison came in, you know, at the end yeah. of the, the last four games of the season. Yeah, well, also Brent Quale was playing. So should Brent Quale be starting at right tackle now too? You know, so that's, that's one thing. <laughs> and, okay, because Sam Darnold's good, I, I guess, I guess that, you know, Russell Wilson with all those bad offensive lines in the Seahawks, they should just keep all those guys around too because he's playing well. Like, it doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> I, I get it might have a little bit of an effect, but it didn't have a, a great effect on um, how he played, but I still do think he was an improvement from what Spencer Long was doing, which is really, if you can snap a ball backwards, then that's a, a positive. Um, but he, 
he's a guy who's inconsistent, kind of like Brian Winters, where there's one play, he'll snatch and trap you. He'll use circular force. He'll throw you to the ground. Um, he shows some good athleticism. But then there's, another, you know, the next few plays where, you know, he'll miss a block on the second level. He won't get enough, enough uh, depth with, these, with the guards um, to be able to pick up stunts. So there are some technical aspects of his game or his footwork where, where, where he'll be pretty inconsistent. I'm hoping that a guy like Frank Pollock, um, who's regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches in the, you know, in the NFL, um, can fix up some of his techniques. I do think he possesses the physical attributes that he, that he needs. Um, but it's not necessarily that easy to fix. I'm like, okay, well, he's a bad technically. Pollock comes in and fixes him because then Shell's going to be a really good right tackle too, which I don't think is necessarily going to be the case. But um, he showed enough where I'm a little bit more confident than I was prior to watching the film but I'm still not necessarily happy with him being the starting center, if that, if that makes sense. If he was one of the guys I watched, and I'm a little bit higher on where another guy in the offensive line uh, and Brandon Shell, I was actually much lower on after, after watching him. So, Yeah, that, that's crazy. Um, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not – I don't know half the stuff that Joe does, but uh, watching Shell on, on – on, uh, I mean, he always, always gives me the – like I want to like tear my fingernails off. Dude, that's he, aggressive. He, he does. Yeah. I I know. I know. On, I know. It's like one of those. <laughs> it's just one of those things where he he'll play. He'll make one great play where you'll see his technique, his form is pretty good, and and then the next one is like falling all over the place, and it's like he's off balance, mm-hmm. and and it drives me nuts. Uh, not that again. I know not no level of information, not anywhere close to, to what Joan does. No, but anyway. Um, uh, talking about offensive line, I think we can't leave without uh, asking about KO Kalecio Semele. When thinking about him, actually, I was thinking about maybe his addition would help our um, um, Harrison. What do you think of that? Uh, helping Harrison? Yeah. Well, I, you know, helping yeah. being next. And offensive line, is it's, it's really one unit is really important to be together for a while and understand what guys will do, how they pick up stunts, how they move to the second level, you know, how they like to pick, you know, the high leg or the, or the postman on combo blocks, how they like to get that or receive that man, which I'm sure a lot of people who are listening don't necessarily know what I'm talking about, but it is important. Uh, and he is a guy who, you know, playing next to it would you rather play next to carpenter or clutchy assembly if you're working right next to each other you know if you're let's just say if you're a bodyguard you know at a club would you rather be with a guy who's you know six foot five 300 pounds and jacked up and knows what he's doing or next to a guy you know who who looks like i don't, I don't, I don't know mike tannenbaum you know so it's 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 <laughs> that's that that's quite that's quite a comparison <laughs> saying, but you're talking about a really bad left guard who's a backup with the falcons right now compared to a guy who, yes, he had a down year um, with the Raiders last year. And I think a large part, uh, part of that was because of his injuries because the first couple of games, you know, listen, he played Aaron Donald, and, yeah, he got beat by Aaron Donald a, a few times, but who doesn't get beat by Aaron Donald a few times? So, but there's also Everybody. times where he locked up Aaron Donald, you know, uh, by himself. And in the, in the next couple of games, he played versus Denver and some other teams where he made some really impressive plays. But then somewhere around the mid, uh, midpoint of the season, maybe a little bit before that, his play just completely dropped, and you can't really put your finger on exactly what it was. But I think for, for me, uh, the biggest part of it was his, was his feet, and his feet didn't look as active as they were um, prior in the season where he 
his feet would just be completely inactive. You'd see big steps instead of short choppy steps like you want to see from offensive linemen. So you're, you're able to change your direction, um, drop your post foot, whatever it may be, quickly. But he wasn't doing that type of thing. And it definitely hurt his play because when you're taking, you know, a guy who's already not technical – uh, and you're taking his, his power away and kind of some of the things that he was doing um, because of that injury. It, it really did hamper his play, in, uh, in, in my opinion. But I, th- I think he'll bounce back somewhere. I don't think he's going to be the all-pro player he was in 2015-2016 type player. But I think he can get near that really solid guard uh, potential pro ball type level, which for the Jets is a ridiculous upgrade from a guy like Carpenter. And even on the lower end, if he's just an average to decent guard which would be a big downgrade from what he was the last few years like I said minus the games where he was playing injured um, that is a huge uptick for the Jets offensive line who was dealing with a guy in Carpenter who I thought was absolutely terrible the last two three years so yeah um yeah uh I, I mean I, I can't I, I don't think anybody could top that uh, comparison you made before I think that was on point um <laughs> Um, so, so the offensive line on the whole, what, what, what do you think? What do you think, like, uh, um, is possible? What, what do you think? I mean, I know they're not going to be, uh, top 15 or top 20, but, um, do you think it's good? Um, especially, um, um, with the zone scheme, uh, blocking scheme that they're going to be using, what do you think, uh, is possible, uh, as a, as an offensive line? What do you think that, like, their numbers would be like? With the, uh, with, the, with the offensive line, what do you, what do you mean in terms? What do you mean in terms of numbers? Like, I mean, how good do you think they could be for the season? Okay. I mean, you know, give, given given the fact that they're going to be running zone mm-hmm. more than anything, uh, um, and with um, you know the sh- you know shaky shaky shell on one side, you know, and uh, <laughs> and um, and and um, and and you know, and Brian Winters and 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 Harrison in the middle. Oh yeah. Um... So it's it's kind of it's kind of hard. It's not. It's, I guess it's not really hard. It's it's a projection, and I don't I don't love projections about exactly what rankings right. and stuff an offensive line um, will be, which is it's you know obviously it's fine, but um, it's an offensive line. I I think it's a I think it's improved. Um, I don't know. Is that a dog in the background? What is going on right now? Yeah. I got <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I, I was like, I don't know if that's like you guys are really like what I'm saying or not. I doubt it. But no. So uh, all right. Yeah. So the offensive line, it was it was a decent it was a decent pass blocking unit uh, last year. I think it was I think it was a little bit below average, but I don't think it was as bad as the run game. And uh, where the run game was absolutely terrible because you had a guy. And Spencer Long, who was awful in every aspect. You have a guy in Kelvin Beecham, um, who was a decent pass blocker, but a terrible run blocker. Kind of the same thing goes for uh, Brandon Shell. And then James Carpenter was bad, all, you know, all around as well. Um, but adding guy, you know, adding guy like Osemele, who, like I said, is a is a Pro Bowl type level player. I think that's where he'll be around this year. You have a guy in Brian Winters, who I was more um, kind of not, in, not I'm not gonna say impressed, but I was I was higher on him after watching a full season of his play. A uh, guy in Jonathan Harrison was a little bit higher on after watching him play, um, but I'm still a little bit worried about the the you know the the right tackle, the left tackle. But I th- I think they could be, let's say last year they were bottom five um, in the league in my opinion overall. And a lot of people will say, you know, oh they were they were okay at pass blocking, but you also have to you have to, you know factor in that they were absolutely terrible at run blocking one and two. If you're if you if you're not going to factor in Sam Darnold's legs and how he moved through the pocket, um, you know, into that into that effect of numbers and 
and sacks and all that stuff where how many times did he look like a magician in the backfield, you know, just avoiding, a ta- you know, avoiding tackles, avoiding sacks just to throw a ball away, just to, just to not take that sack. So if he was back there and, you know, it was – or if he switched spots with a guy like Josh Rosen or Tom Brady, how much, how much worse would the offensive line look? So I think the offensive line was pretty awful last year, but I think they made – um, some additions, obviously, uh, and some ch- and some subtractions with a guy like Spencer Long uh, that will help them. I'm never going to say they're going to be a good offensive line or, or, or maybe even average. I think they'll somewhere, like I said, bottom five last year. Maybe they'll be, maybe not bottom five. Maybe they're maybe they're fighting like they're, they're in that 20 to 25 range, which is a, de- a relatively, uh, I, I guess, good improvement. It's still obviously a huge need for the Jets. You know, going into you know th- even this season, going into next off season, um, and I'm glad that a guy like Joe Douglas is here. Uh, which, by the way, if you're going to talk about a good comparison with the security guard thing, I, pro- I probably should have said, like, you know, jo- you know, a guy like Joe Douglas or like John Isaac. But uh, oh, so, so, but uh, yeah, so I, I think I, I think it will be it's not going to be great. I think it will be a little bit better. I think having more weapons will also help stretch out defenses um, for both the running game and the passing game, whatever you're trying to do, you can set them up. So I think the additional talent will help. I think Darnold being able to recognize blitzes. Uh, be more confident on the move, be more decisive in the pocket, being able to step up in the pocket will also help them, you know, look better, but it's still, it's still a very big need going into uh, the, the next season, which like I said, Joe Douglas, he's been a part of teams like the Ravens and with the Eagles that uh, have prioritized the offensive lines and the defensive lines, which just have a good defensive line. So I think that's going to be a big, big focus going into next uh, off season, and even this year, if they could pick up some guys on waivers, et cetera. Definitely. Uh, um, I, I'm, Talking about the uh, offensive line, uh, last but not least, or not definitely not least, is uh, the addition of Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think when you when you uh, when you were talking about uh, Gase's offense, I remember in your on your show you you mentioned his running his running game coach or, or his running game setup guy. I think his name was Eric Studsville. Uh, Studsville. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned that you were worried that if he didn't come over that. Might not add uh, some of the um, some of the running schemes you saw in Miami that were pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, what do you think now with uh, the addition of of Bell and uh, and everything uh, uh, with Gase's defense? How does Bell fit? And and what do you think? Uh, what do you think that is that marriage is? How good do you think? That yeah, marriage? so it was Eric Studsville um, with Miami, and that's when I was watching the you know the, the the Dolphins. It's impossible to know, okay, who calls the run game? Like that's a complete guess. So I did some digging. I talked to Travis Wingfield, who's one of the best Dolphins uh, guys out there, and he told me it was the run game coordinator and Eric Studsville. And I was hoping the Jets could bring him over because he ran uh, multiple different schemes with with traps and pin and folds and pin and pulls and power and dart plays and all these different you know run schemes that were impressive to me. Um, you know, included in some Wildcat and some things like that, which I don't necessarily, necessarily want to see a lot. And people are having flashbacks to Tony Soprano and all that stuff or whatever the hell his <laughs> name was. So, um, But, no, he, he was a very versatile uh, run game coordinator. I'm thinking that this year it's going to be Pollock. I would like to look into that a little bit more to see if he was the coordinator um, with the Bengals. And I think having an offensive line coach who's also coordinating their run game, uh, if he knows how to do it, it's a positive thing because he knows how the offensive linemen block. He knows the best runs to call. Um, you know, and all that. So I think he's going to be the, the the next guy. It's going to be a zone heavy scheme, and you know, no no zone heavy scheme. Even like the Atlanta Falcons, who run primarily outside zone or only outside zone, uh, they're that's going to be about seventy to eighty percent of it, and they're going to see a, a ton of different schemes into there. Because if you just ran outside zone every play, 
you know, they're going to throw an overhang there and they're going to, they're going to crash that edge and make you cut up the field. They have a blitzing linebacker or something like that. So um, you can stop run games like that. So it's not, you know, people say outside zone scheme, it's, that's not all they run, but uh, we are going to be primarily zone team. Uh, and it's funny too. when I heard people talk about, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell and I, it was another, it's another big market guy, blue check mark, all that crap. And he's talking about the Jets and Le'Veon Bell is not that good in a zone scheme, which is ridiculously <laughs> confusing because of the, you know, plays like power and plays like counter. Yeah, you have a little bit, you know, of time in the backfield, um, but you really have only like one design gap. You know, you can cut it back or, or bounce it if you really want to, but the, the scheme is designed for only one gap where uh, any type of zone play. You, you have you have three or four reads you're going to make. You know, if that, if that, if that three tech widens and he takes away that, that B gap, you know, you, 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 read the, you, you, know, you read the A gap. If that A gap is, is not open, but that backside A gap is open, you cut there. So you, it gives you multiple different lanes to cut through, and it, that takes patience to read the defense. And I don't know if you guys know, but Le'Veon Bell's <laughs> best trait is his patience. At least I've heard. I don't know. I haven't confirmed that yet. So um, it's just – so it's I, I thought that was ridiculously stupid. I also put up a lot. I put up like a eighty play review. I don't know what, what it was with Bell, but a lot of those those plays were run yep. plays uh, that were off that were uh, you know zone type schemes. So he'll be fine in the zone system. Um, I am a little bit worried with with the Jets' offensive line in terms of run blocking because obviously they don't have guys mm-hmm. like the Castro et cetera on our deep on our offensive line that afforded Bell more uh, room in the backfield than even on the line of scrimmage. So he might have to be a little bit less patient and hit some holes faster because the Jets offensive line, how it's blocking this year, if a hole is open, you, you, you damn well better hit it because it's not going to be open for very long. Um, <laughs> you know, at least if they continue to block like last year, like I said, hopefully Pollock can, can improve that. Um, but he'll be fine in the run game. He's, he, you know, obviously with the, with he's, he's, he'd rather have his blocking that he had with his Steelers, but He'll make do. He's still one of the top running backs in the league, like I said, in my opinion. Um, you know, he had a year off, and a lot of people are kind of overlooking him where people are, like, ranking, like, guys like, oh, listen, I like Christian McCaffrey and all those guys, but, like, Christian McCaffrey and a bunch of guys are just getting instantly put over Bell, who That's I think crazy. is is, a, is a going to be a Hall of Famer. And yeah, you know what? He might come out and be rusty for the first two, three weeks because he hasn't, you know, played football and read a defense, et cetera, you know, at full speed. Um, in a year so he might start out a little bit slow but let's not act like this is not still one of the top running backs in, in the entire league and people are saying oh well he slowed down in 2017 I didn't see much of that on film um, in, in my opinion and I think that year off will help his legs I, I think he's one of the top three guys uh, along with the guy in Barkley and Elliott who are the other you know, the, you know, the other two guys to me because of their versatility and Adam Gase like I said he likes to split running backs out wide he likes to he likes to, you know, use them in a bunch of different formations where you saw like a guy like, uh, uh, what's the running back's name? I, I, Kenyon Drake, you know, literally everywhere on the field. And I think having a guy like Bell, there's nothing you can, you can't do with him. Like, oh, well, you know what? He's, you know, he's a between the tackles runner. He can't run outside the tackles. Now we can do both. You know, oh, well, you know, uh, he's good at running routes and catching, but he can't pass block. You know, he could do both. You know, so there's, he could do everything. He can run routes versus linebackers. He can run routes versus safeties. He could beat corners, I'm, I'm sure, some corners. Um, in, in the NFL on some of his routes. So he does everything. So he's a super versatile piece as well. And then, you know, just looking behind him, you have guys who are versatile as well with, you know, Powell, Ty Montgomery, who I just did a review on. Uh, I don't necessarily, I don't yes. necessarily want, you know, Ty Montgomery running between the tackles all the time, but, you know, splitting him out wide, running him outside of the tackles, running him on screens and end rounds and things like that. He's a guy who uh, provides another piece, you know, another yak type guy. And then even for guys who I think I think a guy who gets kind of overlooked a little bit is McGuire. 
Um, listen, when you are a guy who's a sixth-round pick coming from a small school, you know, running behind the Jets' offensive line as bad as it was last year, you're not going to look very good all the time. You know, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. So if you're, let's say, an average running back, running behind a bad offensive line or a ter- terrible run-blocking offensive line is going to make you look like you play like complete crap when you don't necessarily know what you're watching. Um, and I think that he's a guy who coming into his third year is, is still developing. And I think, you know, I don't want him as my number one or number two, but I think McGuire could be a, a you know, a decent to solid number three. And I think he's going to fight for that fourth spot. I'm hoping he beats out Trenton Cannon because, you know, Trenton Cannon was a guy who, uh, you know, it, it happens a lot where a guy makes one or two plays and the broadcasters talk about him. So that means that the rest of his <laughs> 197 plays were good in that year, which is not necessarily true. So, I don't think he's going to necessarily make the roster because he made that you know one gunner rep good against the Packers or whatever it was late in the season. So I'm hoping a guy like McGuire sticks and you have a super versatile backfield um, with all of those guys, and it, and it helps you know uh, Adam Gase's offense, which like I said before is he's not really um, you know based on one different thing. He does a lot of different things. So they have a lot of versatile pieces in this offense for sure. Even if they don't have top flight guys, minus you know a guy like Robbie Anderson and, and Bell, they definitely have versatile guys. Yeah, so so definitely from all this information I gather that the hype is is probably right. It's it's that it's more it's more that the Jets looking at everything mm-hmm. on film that the Jets are going to be a better offensive uh uh team uh this year oh, than last if, year. If if they're not, that's that's a that's a big problem. That's a big problem. It's, <laughs> even if you gave even if you gave Jeremy Bates Le'Veon Bell those checkdowns that were really 2 to 3 yards, now they're going to be 10 to 15 at times. That's going to help a guy like Jeremy Bates. You had a guy like Osemi, you had a guy like Crowder. No, second year of Sam Donald. That's that would be hard to, to make this a worse offense than it was last year, so <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, defending, actually asking stupid questions um, like that was just defending Jets fans because once Jets fans uh, um, on Twitter and say, hey, listen, man, maybe, you know, um, this year we're going to be better, um, uh, fans jump down their throats, Donald is trash. Oh, so God, cool. no. You know, <laughs> you know, you know so. can I talk about one thing? Actually, two things. So I'm really, really starting to hate Browns fans. That's That's one thing that is just, it's, they are so damn cocky after one year. Like, I get they have a good team and I stuff, don't but like, understand. listen, man, be humble. Like, I so so we all hate the Patriots because the Patriots have kicked the crap out of us for the most part. Um, and their fans exactly. are, you know, they're jerks. But let's not act like we wouldn't be jerks if we won six Super Bowl rings in the last fifteen years. Right. So, like, they have a right to be. That is they, true. They kind of have a, a right to do it. We're like, I saw Jets fans after like you know the preseason game against the Falcons were like talking crap to people. I'm like, yo, you gotta chill out a little bit, like. So you have the Browns who won what seven games last year and are talking like they're they're consistent Super Bowl contenders like they didn't just win you know one game in the last two seasons be you know prior to the last season so uh, Browns fans yeah and, and then and which I don't I, I see something like oh Donald's trash I'm like oh yeah did you watch the film and then they just told like oh yeah he sucks look at his intercept I'm like oh my god like I'm not even trying to get this and then another thing that I always yeah. talk about like, Pro Football Focus listen I think Pro Football Focus is Ooh. good I think they're good for okay he played this many snaps here um, but. I don't know exactly what their ranking was of the Jets, you know, team overall, but I think they had the Jets like as a 29th most most talented roster in the NFL, and that is one of the most ridiculous things I've I've heard uh, in in a while. When you just look at the defense, you look at the offensive weapons, what we just spent you know 30, 40 minutes talking about, um, that's absolutely ridiculous. If you went through all the rosters in the NFL, you know they're they're the 29th, 28th, 27th. There's absolutely no way. So there's there's reasons to be optimistic about this Jets team. I haven't been this excited. 
about a Jets team since 2000, you know, 2010, which in 2010, I was still like, you know, a casual fan, I would say, um, wasn't watching film. And now this year going from the last three years of watching guys like Fitzpatrick McCown and terrible <laughs> offensive lines. And, you know, Darnold was exciting, obviously, but uh, coming up to this season, I, you know, I'm really, really hoping. Um, and I think that they'll be contending, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they won't make it, but I think eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, 10 and six as a ceiling. I think that's possible, especially the schedule they have, you know, after the first six weeks. And, like I think I told you guys before, I made a five hundred dollar bet that they'll win seven or more games. So that's at least the minimum that needs to happen. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that's the, you know that's kind of some thoughts there. So. Yeah, Joe. Um, yeah, I know. Um, uh, when you when you actually do the work and sit down and watch the film, you make sense and and making sense on Twitter. Yeah, that doesn't match. Uh, um, uh, thank you again, man, uh, Joe, for doing this. This this is. Hey, Joe. Uh, can I- this is can awesome. I get a quick question in before yeah, go ahead. I think I think I think <laughs> I think ahead, last man. time Chris or no, it was it was Dow da- Davin. Your name is Davin. Davin. He's like, yeah. yeah, you know what? I want to get some more questions. I have only heard Davin like breathing maybe and Davin. laughed once. So da- yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm here for all you guys. You know, I'm not he's just still, for Charmin. He's, he's still Chris. human about the Gronkowski. Uh, Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he still catches breath. <laughs> um, you mentioned a few guys that are probably you know you think are going to have some bigger bigger years like maybe Robbie Anderson I know the Jets are expecting him to break out uh, Crowder might have a big year too what is there a player or two that may not be a good fit in in Gase's uh scheme in his scheme I, I I'm honestly I'm gonna say no just because like I said his his scheme is so versatile where it's not you know it's it's kind of hard to say that nobody will fit in I think the only thing you're looking at with this offense and something that you know, I'm slightly concerned about in the screen game um, isn't necessarily with the, with the yak guys. You know, they have a guy like Crowder. They have a guy like a Um But if a is running the ball, I think one thing you have to look at is a guy like Crowder and Anderson blocking for him. I don't necessarily think they're the best blockers hmm. for him. So if I had to pick out one weakness, which, like I said, I'm digging a little bit deep right there, um, or even a guy like Chris Herndon. Um, who is in line, you know, obviously you want your, your in-line blockers, your, your wide tight ends, which I don't think he's going to be in that role, you know, all the time and ask the block. But um, I think he's, he struggles a little bit with that. I think he's a decent blocker, but he's not a plus blocker. So I think looking at Chris Herndon in the run game, can he improve uh, the screen game? Does, does, do, does he have adequate blockers, which I think they're going to be better than Miami because if you watch the film and I broke it down, like I said, I have a show. You can watch it all again. It's the, the show, The Shelf Life Never Dies. Um, so (laughs) having guys like, you know, Albert Wilson and having guys like, you know, Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker, who didn't even want to be there at times in the field, um, trying to block for guys. It was, it was ugly. There was times where, you know, they would throw, they would, they'd be in a three wide receiver set. The one wide receiver would take that one hard step up field and then come back on that smoke route and get the ball. And then there'd be only two guys to block. And then the two, whoever, yeah. And it's not, it's not even funny. And it's not even, okay, well, they just missed one guy they would both go to block the same guy and miss him. And I was like, what is going on? So I don't think they're going to be that bad, but that is a concern. Like I said, if I, if I do have one concern with the screen game, that, that, that would, or in general, that would be it. But like I said, if that's, if that's one of your biggest concerns, um, you know, with, with the offensive system, um, then that's pretty good. You know, honestly, the offensive line, the run game is obviously a concern. I'm never going to say, you know, the offensive line is great. And, you know, they're, they're awesome. They're 10, I don't think that. Like I said, I think, you know, hoping for top 20 to, to 25, 
I would be a you know a decent range, but I, you have to hope that the offensive weapons can you know offset them a little bit. And and who added the running backs? Who's going to be the odd man out since Powell was uh, resigned? Who do you will be the odd? Yeah, well, I um I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Cannon. Um, listen, the the one thing about Cannon is you can stash him on the practice squad as well. So you know it's it's not like you, you necessarily just lose him if you have an injury or two, maybe a wide receiver. Or, you know, even an injury at running back, you know, if, if Powell's banged up for a game or Kyle Montgomery's, you can call him up from the practice squad, put him back down once they're, once they're healthy. So I, I think he's the odd man out. Um, he's, he's a blazer, and, you know, he can, he can run fast and all that stuff. And when he was on the field last year, even though he wasn't picking the correct lanes, et cetera, uh, he just looked faster than everybody else on, this, on, on the field. So I would like them to keep him on the practice squad. But I think if you, if you let go of a guy like McGuire and you have, you know, these coaches and scouts and – player personnel guys who are watching film, you know, every single day, probably more than, you know, or not, not probably definitely more than I do. Cause it's their full-time job. Um, they'll see a guy like Elijah McGuire and somebody will scoop him up as a number two or three. So I don't think you can necessarily, I don't, I don't think he's a, you know, you're going to be a guy who's going to get 10 touches a game, but I think he's a, he's a good backup to have, you know, and develop. Listen, it's, you, you can't expect a guy who's drafted in the fifth, sixth round to be a finished product after one or two years. And that's why people say, you know, give me, give me three years to, to, to uh, evaluate this draft class. And then when you put that on top of the fact that he, um, for those first two years, played behind a bad offensive line, I think he's been a little bit un- unfairly uh, criticized. So I-, I would like him to be the number four, you know, stash cannon on the practice squad if I, if, you know, if, if I was the, uh, if I was Mr. Joe Douglas. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, um, since you, um, I, I, I totally, I, I totally missed one question. I really wanted to ask, yeah. uh, can you just give us a little bit on uh, uh, Trevon Wesco, and uh, and uh, what do you what do you think he's if he could uh, probably break through? Yeah, I like I like Wesco. I like the draft. So uh, the draft class, those those the, those picks of Adoga and Wesco. I like the players, but I don't necessarily love the pick and and how it went through. If that makes sense, because we, I think we talked about this last time. You know, you had yes. you had Adoga there um, at the end of the third round, but you also had you know Hakeem Butler there who I really liked, uh, who's the number one wide receiver. You had a guy, um, and uh, was it Risner, the, the offensive lineman who was there? I might be mixing up names. So you had two guys there I'd rather have had uh, over Adoga, but over, you know, I like the Adoga pick. But then you look at the fourth round where they traded down, what, twice in the fourth round? In you know, the beginning of the round, yes. you had a guy from Julian Love who I really liked. You had a guy um, in Char- uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety from Florida, who I really liked because, you know, listen, yep. guy, you know, Marcus May – He's been injured, and I, I honestly think that, uh, in, in my honest opinion, like I said, I've, I've been hyping some guys up like, you know, McGuire and Winters and Harrison, whatever, but I think a guy in um, – I was just blanking out what I was just, who I was just talking about. A guy in uh, – yeah, I think a guy in Marcus May, sorry, was, is a little bit uh, overhyped by Jets fans, and there were some Jets fans who were hmm. saying that, you know, in his first year he was better than Jamal Adams, which is absolute insanity. That is – Yeah, I didn't even that see that. Is That's absurd. crazy. But – um, I think he's a little bit overhyped, so I'd like to have you know a guy who behind him. And I'll, I think he'd still be a decent to solid starter, but he's been a little bit inconsistent in his coverage, and he's been injured. So, uh, and then you have guys behind him like who, like you know, you have Rontez Miles who who can't find his way out of a brown paper bag in coverage. You have guys like Doug Middleton who's more of a box guy, so they don't really have that backup safety. So I think that's still you know a need they might address. Um, so I wanted a guy like him, but Trayvon Wesco, looking at his film, you know, getting to him after a long winded kind of thing there. Um, 
he <laughs> he's a guy. So I I actually like him. he's a good blocker. I think he's going to come into the NFL. I think he's automatically better than a guy like Tomlinson in, in, in blocking. Which Tomlinson's kind of weird because seventeen he was good at blocking. Eighteen he struggled a little bit more. But uh, Wesco has the necessary power, the necessary size, like six five two. 75, whatever he is. He's a massive dude. Um, and he's also a guy who provides some versatility in terms of, okay, he could be, he could be your fullback instead of the Dakota Dozier. He could be an H-back. He could be that, that wide tight end. I also think that you're going to be able to split him out wide and something that was overlooked by the draft com- community if you watch his film is, you know, listen, he's, he's, not, he's not Le'Veon Bell in terms of his hip fluidity, but he does have some fluidity where he can uh, break a few tackles. And if you think you're, bre- you're bringing down like a guy like Trayvon West goes 270 down with one guy, good luck. So uh, I think he's going to be used on screens. He's going to be used as a blocker. He's going to be used as a lead blocker. He's going to be used as cracked linebackers. He'll be used in the shallow to intermediate game. I don't think he's a guy who has the necessary, you know, necessary speed um, to you know, challenge vertically and stretch the seams and things like that. But uh, he'll, be, he'll be a guy who's, who's, who's um, like I said, some of, those, some of those things I said before. With, uh, he, he provides some versatility, some things that you needed in an, in an uh, offense. It's not something that – you know, people are writing down and what are the needs for the offense and what players do you need. And I don't think blocking tight end is necessarily first on the list, but it is, uh, it is something that is required. It's an important piece that's, that's you know, usually overlooked by um, fans. But I, I like to pick, and he provides something that the Jets, you know, needed going, uh, you know, into the offseason. So. Yeah, um, I, I'm a fan, Joe. Sometimes, you know, I, I overhype players. I think, I think I'm probably uh, uh, guilty of mm-hmm. – uh, Overhyping Marcus May. Well, the, uh, the thing, well, the thing, <laughs> probably, I think it's more of a. The, uh, I really hope or really want it to happen more than yeah. I, I've seen it. Well, happen. the thing with Marcus May too is like, oh, the overhype comes from how many people, and especially on the broadcast angle, how many times do you see a, a deep third safety and what his responsibilities are, and how many times do you see that he gets beat? You know, you don't really see that a lot on the broadcast angle, unless you're going to watch the True. film. And the thing with overhyping players is, one, you're a Jets fan. You know, for any, for any fan of any team. They're the player on your team, so you want them to be better than they are, um, you know, no matter yep. what. And two, you know, how many people, do you know, do you guys watch the Browns or the Buccaneers or the Panthers as much as you watch the Jets? So how, how can you say how good their safeties are or not? You know, so um, over, right. overhyping players comes naturally with being a fan of a team. Um, it's something that I may be, you know, uh, I may be guilty of at times. I try not to be, um, but there are Jets players, and you know, I, I still am a Jets fan, you know, at the end of the day. So, uh, it's it's an interesting topic, but I think Marcus May is a little bit overhyped. So I, th- I think backup safety is a need. I think you know you might be looking for a new safety in, in a year or two if he can't stay healthy. So uh, there was multiple times in that rookie year where people thought he was better than Jamal Adams. That uh, I'm going to say there's at least at least four or five times where he was beat deep down the field where the ball did not get thrown there, the quarterback missed it, uh, penalty, you know, et cetera, whatever exactly it was. But uh, yeah, it was he's a little bit overhyped to me. I'm, I I I I overhype players, but I would never say that uh, that May was anywhere close to what Adams is. If you ever watch, even if you watch ten plays of Adams, you would know definitely number one that he's probably one of the best safeties in yep. the league. Number one and number two, the sec that that there's no way May is anywhere be- um anywhere close to no, him, J- his proximity when it comes when it comes. No, to Jamal Adams. I right now, if you're looking at safeties in the NFL. Um, without trying to, like I said, without trying to be biased here, uh, you're looking at guys who, like I said, not based on their past performances because you have to look at them going into 2019. I think you're looking at um, Jamal Adams, you're looking at Eddie Jackson, you're looking at Derwin James, you're probably looking um, at uh, Bayard from the uh, from the Titans, who are probably the top safeties 
um, in the NFL right now. You know, you can sprinkle in guys like, you know, Harrison Smith and Earl Thomas, but I think Jamal Adams uh, is either number one, two, or three with, like I said, Jackson and a guy like Derwin James right Derwin now. James, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, again, uh, Joe, thank you so much for doing this. Davin, uh, unfortunately, had uh, technical issues with his mic. Uh, he, he apologizes. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, um, Maybe we could, maybe he, we could get Davin to talk more next time. And a hundred dollars, a hundred, a hundred dollar bet is still up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Since, right. he's, since he can't defend himself, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, air, air shake for telephones. Okay. So he's going to be a hundred dollars this week. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, um, you know, busy schedule, but I always appreciate talking, uh, you know, Jets football. And I like talking Jets football uh, with you guys and, Obviously, Charmin's like now my my uh, TOJ film room Twitter guy, so he's helping <laughs> out with that. So I'll always help you guys out. Cool. And uh, maybe in the future, which I'm, you know, I don't know if it's, it's obviously up to you guys, but we talked offense this time. If you guys want to talk defense before the season comes, we could definitely, definitely do man. that. Uh, just let me know. Uh, we'll set something up, and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you guys, you know, all soon. So thank cool, you, thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Take it easy. Appreciate it. Uh, have a good one, guys. You thank too. You. Damn. Uh, well, welcome back, welcome back, people. Um, yeah, my mic was acting up. Thank you, Joe, for uh, showing up. Yeah, I didn't have no questions for you. Uh, and 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 no, no, we not doing that hundred dollar bet. Um, even though I just talked to talked to you on Twitter about that, but no, that hundred dollar bet is off. Um, as we as we we don't have too much NFL news. Um, we we only have maybe one important one, and then we're gonna give y'all some previews of uh divisions and for the next eight weeks. Um, so let's get into the NFL executives. Um, NFL executives say they rather they rather uh they rather sign uh Ezekiel Elliott as a priority over Dak Prescott. Do you agree with the um the executives? Oh man, that's 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 uh that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but I understand what they're trying to say. I guess um when you when you when you're talking about a running back, I think he is kind of the focal point of the offense. If that's what they're talking about, he's basically the guy that they run the offense through. Whatever the defense, they they make the defense react. You have no choice. If if Elliot's on the field. And 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 they run I formation. They're in I formation. You know, you you're like, okay, they, this got to be a run. So you come in cover one. You know, uh, nine eight eight man box. You know, trying to stop Ezekiel Elliott, and that kind of dictates. You know what's gonna happen next. You know, that could be play action, but that's only because Elliott's on the field. And I understand why uh, executives would say that he would be more of a priority, but you also have to take into consideration. Like, I think I said this before, that Ezekiel Elliott has had more touches than any running back in a long time. He has a ridiculous amount of touches and um, for, his, for his career and, and is a pretty short career. So you, you can't sign a guy that you beat up for the last couple of years to a long-term contract when, you know, God forbid, I think and most likely, you know, as a running back, he's going to get injured soon. I mean, not that I'm, a, I'm, wait, I'm asking for something like that to happen, but if you're running backs, you run them into the ground, eventually they will break. You know, uh, um, I think history, history has said that. So I think, I think they're kind of misguided there. I think I would go with Dak over, over Elliott. That's just my opinion anyway. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I agree. I was just going to say that. You know, because this is what, Elliot's what, fourth year now? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, fourth. Fourth along fourth. with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, if I'm going to go long-term on someone, it's going to be the quarterback, obviously. Yeah. Um, this is good. Yeah, they're going down a slippery slope here that, that may not, you know, work out for them in the end because the quarterback price is just going up. The running back price to sign a guy is probably not going to go much higher than what it is now um, because they're not the most important – you know, position out there. Obviously, the quarterback is. And we've seen what Wentz just got. So, it's just going to go higher. The, the longer they wait, the more it's going to go up to, to get the quarterback. And I know they could use the um, the franchise tag on him at the end of this year if they want to. That's great. Um, but um, I, I, I guess that's uh, just thinking, you know, that's probably the way that they're thinking. You know, we'll lock up Elliott, and then we can franchise tag um, Prescott. Yeah. And we'll go one year at a time for the next two years. We'll see how it goes. But you know what? After this year, you might see two, three, four teams looking for a quarterback. Sure. There's a couple of teams out there that are not exactly 100% solid with their quarterback. So that's the other thing they got to worry unless about. The, so unless I, the Cowboys are going to suck for that um, um, that Clemson uh, quarterback that's coming out in a couple of years, mm-hmm. which, who, who everybody has kind of uh, ordained yeah. as the next. I, I can't and like then, <laughs> Yeah. As the okay. next coming, hey, listen. I mean, in that in that championship game, this that looked otherworldly as a quarterback, as a college quarterback, um, completing some passes. But uh, but if you're gonna project your team off of one guy, you know, when you have a guy in Dak mm-hmm. Prescott, I don't think he is top five in the league. I don't think he's even top ten. But he is solid enough that you could right. run an offense through. I think he is more than some. That's, I think you should just pay his, pay your guy. Then, then you know. That's it. And, right. You know, that's my feeling. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be tanking for anybody either for the next couple of years. They want to win. Yeah. They haven't won since what ninety five, I think ninety three, yeah. whatever the year is. True. So they, they haven't won in a while, and that's you know quote unquote America's team. <laughs> Not as much anymore, obviously. But you know what? The Cowboys are the Cowboys, and they 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 want to win. I don't think they're gonna be tanking for it. and. Nobody's going to be tanking worse than the Dolphins for the next year or two. Yeah. So, uh, I think they got that position locked up. Yeah. I think I have two or three three points about this. Um, I think I think with I think the reason why they said this was because if y'all remember, Ezekiel got uh, what eight games, eight game suspension, and mm-hmm. and the Cowboys' offense looked kind of less than mediocre. I'm gonna say. Kind of less than mediocre and, and explains for itself, but but what makes that point is that they didn't have Cooper and they really they only they had what Beasley and and Dez, but they couldn't really do nothing with, with that run game. So I kind of understand it, but but you know what we talk about, what we always talk about quarterbacks and running backs. We always talk about the age and running backs don't last until 30 and 30. You'd be lucky if they do last until they 30 years old. So, and quarterbacks, usually they can last 30 to 35 if they, if they are franchise, if that's your franchise quarterback. So, um, I think, I think Dak, I think Dak has the over, over, you know, overhand over, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but at the same time, you know, uh, they is overusing Zeke. But but I don't see them using him. I I think they're going to use him, but not as much because they got because they have a couple of playmakers, you know, red zone and everything else. So um, 
I don't know. It all depends on how this season plays out. Um, they can use the franchise tag on Dak Prescott, but if you want to get the deal done with Dak, get it done now. Um, I don't know about Ezekiel Elliott. It's still in the air. <laughs> yep. Yeah, with the quarterback, man, the price is just going to go up next year. So you don't pay him this year. You're going to pay him a lot more next year. Mm-hmm. So that's what they got to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they'll be a quarterback making 40 to $50 million that, <laughs> in the next two, <laughs> yeah. three years. So don't be surprised. <laughs> No, yeah, I agree. Seriously. Possibility. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so we gonna move on to the uh to our, to our preview of the, of our first four teams, which is the AFC East. Um, we gonna we gonna start off with the uh, Miami Dolphins. So, 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 how are we feeling about the Dolphins? Chris, go ahead. Man, I I don't feel good at all about this team. I'll be honest. This team, um, we were talking about the draft earlier. Uh, you know, Wilkins was a good pick in the first round. Dieter wasn't bad in the third round. They only had five picks. Um, Correct. Yeah. Uh, and the other three but, was just like, but they also traded their second round for Josh Rosen, which I which I actually like because they got a an yeah. actual franchise quarterback and he and he's young. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, they I but when you look at the rest of the roster, they're just it's just not good. You know, it's not good at all. There's nothing really positive that you could say about this. The offensive line is not good. Um, their top right receivers are Devontae Parker and Ken Stills. And I think you and heard Joe, and you heard, and you, I think you heard Joe, Joe kind of with those guys when he was talking about watching Dolphin film about how. Yeah, and those are your top guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> running back Kenyon Drake. You know, they have a couple of nice guys on defense. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yep. Uh, Xavier Howard. You could, you know, include those guys. Decent players. So, but I, I don't see this team winning more than three games. I I don't even see them winning three games this year. I'm, I really see. I thought right, they shouldn't be too bad, but I think their best case scenario is that Rosen looks good enough that they could build around him. And then next year when they have the first pick in the draft, they could trade down because someone's going to want to trade up or one of the quarterbacks, right. and then they could, you know, accumulate a lot of draft picks and start rebuilding. Because this is a, this, and this is going to be a long rebuilding process. Yeah, I think, I think I'm sorry, Devin. Go ahead. Nah, but the good thing is, is that in 2020, they have 12 draft, at least they could make up to 12 draft picks. They got, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have at least four, like, I'm going to say one, one first, one second, and like two thirds, and two fourth rounders. So they, they, they 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 have to rebuild in the right way. What concerns me about the Dolphins is they coach because they because they're gonna try to build. You, you know he was with the Patriots. Let's let's do this once again, just like yep. Detroit Lions. They want to do it the Patriot way, and no damn well the hell is not gonna. Yeah, and you know damn well the hell it's not gonna work. So that's that's a cause that's a concern, and also. What they need, which our Dolphins fans need to be scared of, is is Fitz, Mr. Fist Magic, um, starting that quarterback <laughs> over Josh Rosen. Well, that's well, going to be that, a long season. Yeah, if that if that happens, um, that that would kind of I'm not not that I think you should throw in the towel over um for Rosen, but I think that would really kill uh um his confidence. Um, I think as a young player, the fact that he played on probably the most horrible. Uh, uh, um, offense of uh, um, team or roster in the NFL last year in Arizona. Um, um, I mean, not only roster wise, but coaching wise, everything. 
was just all over the place in Arizona, and I don't think he was even given a chance to succeed over there. And then to and then to come over to yeah, and then to come over here. I think it's better. I I actually think it's better. I think I think they have some pieces on the offensive line that's not that bad. I think Tunsil is not a bad player. I um um. They, they still have, got Kenny Stills. Yeah, they still they they oh, have some God. pieces. I think Damn, bust, I I, I top <laughs> Yeah, they don't have they, <laughs> they don't have um 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 the best players. But I think I think what it is is a stability on on coaching is going to be better. I think I think um I think like Davin said uh, correctly. I think when uh they when he when the new coach is going to try to bring in uh, a stable system that's going to work for the team. And gonna help them rebuild. Um, I think I think that's gonna steady them a little bit. And 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 I think if you don't give Rosen a chance to start, I think you're gonna be killing his confidence there. I think I don't think they should destroy the kid like that. I think they should give him the start. Um, um, but but in the when we're talking about draft and free agency, I think they 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 knew that they were gonna be rebuilding. I think they didn't want to send too much of their in a currency. Draft currency or free agent currency. I don't think they didn't want to spend that much of it because they're really waiting until next year to do most of the work. So, um, so like Chris correctly said, in my opinion anyway, um, um, uh, I think they're not going to be that good of a team this year um, mm-hmm. at all. Last year, think about it. I mean, not that they, were, they had many plays last year, but last year they were 30th in total yards per game. Yeah, twenty eighth in passing yards and eighteenth in rushing. Well, the, well, the eighteenth so, is not bad when you have somebody like Frank Gore and uh and Drake and Drake yeah. in the backfield. So. And Gore, Gore, Gore's not. But, yeah, but Gore's we know gone. that Gore, Gore's with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, not that he was uh you know. A but he, but he still had Gore, decent but... yards like a back. Yes, true. Yeah. So so yeah. So, Definitely for a lot. So so yeah, so so what's the grade? So what's the, so what grade should we get them? Because I'll give them a D minus in all reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you got to you got to go in there. Yeah, you got to go out there, man. I mean, not that they didn't even have that much. Uh, I think they had kind of the same amount of picks that we had. I think I think the the two guys that I only I like are Adida and uh, and and Wilkins. Wilkins was definitely one of my favorite guys coming out. I like I really liked him so um mm-hmm. so I respect those two picks but overall man I don't know man. I don't know what they were doing on backburn on a lot of they, those picks late man, those, they those picks were confusing as hell um so they I don't the two running backs late yeah I'm yeah I, I don't I, I don't I'm they not should really, at least draft the wide receiver like, that's what that was yeah. yeah especially watching the Dolphins film watching when when we. When I was uh, watching Joe's breakdown of uh, of uh, offensive, um, Gase's offensive uh, um, offense, I mean, offense, watching um, Parker and watching the way they played, I mean, these guys were like lackluster, man. I mean, if those mm-hmm. are the guys you're going to give the key, the key to the offense um, this season, I mean, wow. I mean, you should just give up now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, this is, so, this is definitely yeah, so, probably arguably the worst team in football. Yeah, culture. we so yeah, we gave him a D minus. So, <laughs> um, so next team, let's get them out the way because you know I, I hate them with a the passion. The New England Patriots. <laughs> um, so, so what? So what we feel on about New England? As always, yes. <laughs> what are you gonna do, man? These guys just know what they do. They know what they want in, in players. Uh, um, uh. I think I think the I think I think 
you can't talk about their offseason without talking about the fact that they got uh, Michigan defensive end Winovich. Uh, Chase Winovich is a crazy man. Uh, <laughs> I I really like that guy, man. I really and I think I think because he's a really hardworking guy and he's not really about flash. Um, I think he people don't talk about him a lot, but technically sound defensive end that's gonna cause more problems for us than a lot of people are talking about. I really like that guy, man. Um, um, of course they're gonna do that, and when the Patriots do something like pick a wide receiver, which I don't think they've ever did before. In the first round, you better watch out, man. Um, Nikhil Harry, big, yeah. fast, long. I mean, could could he 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 could be used in the screen game? And he, I mean, they run that uh, that system. They run where um, was that Arizona State? I think he went to. Um, yeah. I I mean he I mean the, I mean he was catching the ball on smoke routes. He was catching the ball underneath. He was burning people over. So he has the requisite athleticism to do almost anything as a wide receiver, man. I mean, I, I don't think he's a finished product by no stretch of the imagination, but the kind of offense that the Patriots run, I think it's perfect for uh for a big guy and 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 um to in space and 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 if if they get uh that other big wide receiver that's uh always uh smoking that grass, um if they get him back, uh, um, just watch out for that offense, man. I mean, you never know what they could do. I mean, they still have Tom Brady. So, um, for me, and, and then one of my favorite offensive linemen, Yadni just they picked up, too. So, so listen, man, they, they hit it out of the park for me, man. I, I, give, them, I give them an A-. minus. Yeah, definitely. Overall, I mean... Unless something major happens to Brady or Belichick, <laughs> they they can pull anybody up, and they, and they actually had a really good draft. Um, they're, they're definitely the favorites to win the division, and probably one of the favorites to make it back to the Super Bowl. So when you go from Miami to New England, it's almost like you know night and day. Yeah. You know, one team is probably arguably the worst team in football, and the Patriots are arguably the best team. In football. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady is still throwing at sixty-one miles per hour. Uh, I think it was a video of him doing that, uh, throwing one of the balls. To basically, the velocity was like sixty-one. So he still has he still has the arm. He still has hmm. the arm at forty-one. Um, I think yep. I think what what most impressive is uh, when they trade up to get second round pick uh, Jawan Williams. Jawan Williams. Ah, yes. From Good Vanderbilt. Pick up there, man. Yes, sir. Um, corner, six foot, big six corner foot three. Six foot yep. three, two yep. eleven. Yep. Um, and he yep. basically he, he can he can do his press coverage and he'll be able to defend he'll be able to defend those those wide receivers. Um, we that we was a how... really good point though, Devin. Man, I'm 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 not to cut you off, but I yeah. but you but that was quite a re- a really good point. And I think I think you should add on that the fact that their corners were probably one of the best group in the NFL last year. That's scary. Yeah. So they yep. so they ended up trading up just to get to get they guys so they first three picks actually was real good they got yep. their wide receiver they got their cornerback and they got they you know they got their defensive then so it's just like what what more could you do if you get a good first second and third round pick in my opinion you you just knocked it out the park yep this, definitely their biggest 
their biggest question mark is going to be finding a tight end. That's about it. To replace, um, I mean, yeah, they still looking as they still looking as we you know moved along, but yeah, they they still looking. Just to give you, just to give you an idea of who's on their roster, they got a, a guy Stephen Anderson. Never heard of him. Third year. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Andrew Beck, a rookie out of Texas. Never heard of him. Ryan mm. Ryan Izzo, second year, out of Florida State. Jacob Johnson, uh, one year out of Tennessee. Matt Lacoste. Yeah, that's the name I've known before. Yeah, on. I've heard that name before. And and I did, did Benjamin Watson didn't he retire? Well, he came back, well, and what happened was that he's gonna be he is gonna be on the Patriots squad, but I think he's gonna be um, suspended for like seven or eight games or something like that for for oh, PED oh, okay. use or something like that or so whatever it was. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he's gonna be suspended. So, so just mm. like us looking for a cornerback. I would assume the Patriots are going to be on the lookout for a tight end. Yep. You know. Yeah. During the camps, anybody gets caught, you know. All right. So. Then also, they, <laughs> exactly. they're saying that uh, the Patriots got his, had a steal in the fourth round with the uh, center. I can't even pronounce his name. It's like uh, H. Highley, Fort, Fort Hort from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Denmark. Yeah. Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Froho. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Froho or something like that. I yeah. From Arkansas. Yeah. They, yeah. they potentially <laughs> say he could be a steal, man. Basically, yeah. they, they, they see him as a guard second and a center first. So, this guy could play both positions, and you know, with Belichick's system, that that could work out for him too. So, and and all in all, in general, when 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 you when you have a, a mastermind like Mister Belichick, you know, you 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 can't you can't do nothing but give the man credit. I hate the man, but I gotta <laughs> get credit when it's due. So yeah, I I agree with Sharman and giving them an A minus. Uh, just because they knocked the draft out the park, um, they still need a tight end. But at the but at the same time, you know, with them with them getting the needs, you know, and that's what and that's what they say. When when you go to the draft, they look for they look for the needs, and they got what they needed, which was a wide receiver, hey. defensive end, um, corner, and and they got they and they got another center or guard that that could be that could be known because every time and they also no, go right ahead, Chris. Uh, no, as I said, they also might have drafted their future quarterback too. Correct. Uh, uh, yeah, Jason, Jason Steedham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Steedham, so, Steedham is one of those guys. Like you'll find a bunch, you'll find like probably one out of every three scouts will be like, yeah, he's pretty good. He's one of those guys that he could throw the ball really nice and smooth when he's you know not on the direct. You know, when you put him behind the offensive line and he's getting rushed, he, he he's he can't his processing speed kind of really slows down and he makes bad decisions. So so if he could if he could somehow connect the you know whatever that's going upstairs, you know, with what he knows to do, which is throw a pretty football, possibly he could, but I don't know, man. I think that's a long shot. That's my opinion anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But we'll we'll see what happens with, with them. We play them twice anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so we're gonna move into our third team, which is Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Um I think I could start this one off. Um I like the I like the Ed Oliver pick. Um that, that was one pick I think that, that helped them out. Um I like I like even though I think they went a, a little too aggressive, but I like the uh the Mitch Morse, Mitch Morse uh signing. Uh, I like yep. the, I like the uh, I like I like the Beasley signing because that because he he could play he could play slot and he and he does decent he does decent with his yards um I like the Frank Gore pickup for backup 
for uh, Frank for uh, Mr. McCoy. Um, yes. and I also like Cody Ford from out of Oklahoma. Yep. Um, they, they, they just, they did everything that they were supposed to do. And they got Singletary from Florida. Yep. So, um, yeah, um, I think, I, I think I could give them a, I think I'm gonna give them a solid, I think I'm gonna give them a solid A and I hate to say that, but <laughs> I gotta give them a solid A because mm-hmm. they, they did good and not just free agency. They also did good in the draft. So yeah, I mean, I'll give them a, I'll give them a solid A and I hate to say that, but yeah, I'll give them I, a solid A. Yeah, I think, I think a lot, I think there's a lot of buzz around the Bills. I think if you, if you, if you listen to a lot of broadcasts around the NFL uh, and a lot of NFL shows, there's a lot of buzz. And the reason why there's a lot of buzz is the way they went about doing free agency. When they went about and got everything they needed, every player they needed from everywhere, they filled in uh, backup spots, they filled in starter roles, they filled in even guys that were going to retire, they knew they were going to retire, they got a guy to replace him. Like everything they did in free agency was kind of like like a well-oiled machine. Like they came in with a plan and they stuck to it. And then that kind of helped them do what they did on draft night, which is pick probably one of the better defensive tackles coming out uh, in the draft in Ed Oliver. I mean, what Davin said is so true, man. I think I think uh, in a scheme like where he's going to be playing when you need a guy that could penetrate God inside. You know, <laughs> what, whatever, whatever you, you know, when he could uh, penetrate inside, I think it's perfect. I think he's perfect for that scheme. And, 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 and we're going to, he's, I hope, man, uh, that I get hope either Harrison uh, ups his game or something because going up against that monster is going to be a problem. Um, um, but I think overall, like, like, like uh, Davin said, I think the, um, the Bills did a really good job, both in free agency and, in the draft, uh, I'm not really sold on Devin Singletary. Um, really athletic guy, you know, cut kind of like a, a poor man's uh, Shady McCoy. But you know, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, he's short. He's five seven. Yeah, right? yeah, he is. Um, uh, yeah. I'm not really sold on that guy. I think, I think, I think overall though, they did a really good job. I think if I could give the Patriots uh, uh, a uh, uh, I could give the Bills an A also. I think A minus, um, definitely, um, what I would give the Bills. I, I, I like the way they did their offseason. Yeah, I, I think their biggest question, you know, one of their biggest questions is how much, how much, uh, Josh Allen has, has developed from last yep. year. You know, that's, that's a big thing. You know, if he's, st- if he's still throwing a lot of interceptions or if he's turning the ball over a lot, if he's running for his life again, like he was last year a lot, it seemed like then that's a problem. But I think that's why they added the center uh, to kind of help that out. Yeah. Um, so I think he's a big thing. Their, their wide receivers aren't great. No. You know, I mean, he's a good slot guy, but on the outside, you got John Brown. Yeah, but John Brown uh, would be the, like, take the, take the top of the defense kind of guy because, uh, yeah, right. I don't think he's a great route runner or anything like that. I think I think he's best. And he's like their top guy. Yeah, I think he's the fastest guy. Zay Jones. Zay Jones, he he did well, pretty well last year. I mean, it wasn't bad. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, I just think that uh, they, they, they'll, I think they'll look into their wide receiver at the 2020 draft. I think oh. this season was just about build, build. You know, I think this season was just about build, building an offensive line and build. You know, mm-hmm. building the guys to get 
to get, you know, you know, to get those rookies together. Maybe and then once the, you know, once they get them some wide receivers at this draft, uh, that the twenty twenty draft, maybe Josh Allen will be able to, you know, be more accurate, work on his improvement, and you know, work on his growth. Because you know, we we done talked about his accuracy is a, is a problem. He got a long arm, but you know, his accuracy is a big problem. Yeah, I agree. And their main backup at quarterback is uh, Matt Barkley. Yeah. And they drafted uh, Tyree Jackson. Yeah, don't then we then we lose to Matt Barkley, if I recall. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> listen, because Terrell Terrell Pryor was selling them Jeremy Bates playbook. You didn't you didn't have to bring that up, man. That hurts still, man. Come on. <laughs> we lost to a, we I, lost to Matt Barkley. I mean, like, I mean, like it couldn't get no worse for a Jets franchise. <laughs> well, we also lost to what's his name from the Jaguars. Uh, Nick. Yep. He killed his face. Uh, look, look, I'd rather have Nick. I'd rather have Nick Foles kill us than than, than 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 Matt. Look, I'd rather have Nick Foles and Tannehill kill us than Matt Barkley, uh, Matt Moore, because Matt Ugh. Moore used to kill us too. Like, come on, man. Yes, that's right. Come, come on, man. Crazy, <laughs> y'all, man. y'all can y'all can agree with me with that one. Of they, course, they was a starter. <laughs> Yeah. These guys is like backups. Yeah, they're backups and and like third string dudes, and they're beating you, and they're being yeah. So right. it's like it's like let's, it's like uh, Price hope. is right, but you know <laughs> they, they got changes. they got chosen to beat us. I'm really hoping. Yeah, that let's, hope, this year. let's hope our yeah. team our yeah. team has changed, and we're not dealing with this kind of uh, sloppy play sometimes over against yeah, players that we should not even be losing to at all. But yeah, yeah, and then the the last last thing is the New York Jets, and um, we can we can get into that. We can get into our Jets, and then you know that's about it. So now, how are we feeling about our, our our New York Jets? Yeah, man, I think I think uh, I think what we spoke about earlier with uh, earlier like just makes uh, um, just the additions. I I I'm what that we we uh, what was done in free agency, uh, bringing in Crowder. Uh, to fit in the system that that Gates runs with, who you know, which a lot with a lot of uh, 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 which he really likes the slots. I think I saw somewhere where he has uh, his wherever he went, wherever his offenses go, his slot wide receivers do very well in catches and yards. So uh, you have a guy like Crowder that's 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 uh, jack of all trades, man. He's he's not only a slot wide receiver that could get open underneath; he could beat you deep. So. Um, so we have that kind of guy. Then we, you know, then you can't go without saying Le'Veon Bell's name, you know, and uh, and um, have to um, uh, Colicchio family too. We added too. So I, I think, I think, I think solid a solid B because we couldn't get a center is is kind of where I'm at. Uh, uh, um, I like I like the additions. Of course, you can't. I can't finish this whole talk about our offseason if I didn't talk about getting Q Quinn and Williams. Uh, can't wait to see him on the field, man. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm saying I'll give the Jets a solid B, man. You know. Yeah, because I, I like the guys that we got. I just wish we could have gotten a, a lineman or a corner, because that's yeah. where our biggest question marks are. Yeah. Um, but you know, after hearing what um, what Joe and uh, even Connor Rogers talked about them, I I, I do like some of these picks. Um, I do, and we're, we're all. We're all excited about the, the team going into uh, the preseason, you know, and, and when camp opens up. I'm, I'm excited about this team. I, I definitely think, you know, we got a good chance at a possible playoff this year. Hopefully, 
Um, but, um, you know, we do have our question marks, corner and offensive line. You know, we definitely not settled there. Uh, wide receiver, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a wide receiver come in too. But um, I, I feel good. I think a B is a good one. A, a good off, you know, good off season. That's a B, maybe B, B plus. You know, depends on how much, how good these draft picks, you know, turn, you know, become. Because our free agents that we picked up were great. You know, we, we can't complain about Bell, uh, yeah. Bosley, and, and Crowder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those guys are going to help big time. Yes, so, sir. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every time I heard about Jameson Crowley and uh, the, the yak, I was thinking about licking Joe. So, yeah, but I had to think about it. I was like, oh, Charlotte's after catch. Here's but, nah, a, let me um... – here's, Wait, here's a, here's a good question for you guys. And I I, did, I seen it on uh, Twitter the other day, and I was like, this is a good question to ask you guys. What if – I don't want to go by the draft because it's hard, but what if Joe Douglas was in charge of the free agency and not our – On Mac. Mac. Who do you think? I personally don't think we would have got Bell. I don't think Bell would be on this team. The other two are a good possibility, but I don't think he would have went that big. I, I think I think we would have got C.J. Mosley and um and maybe 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 Humphreys maybe maybe Humphreys maybe not even Crowder. I think we would have got Humphreys. And I think we would have went for one of the lesser running backs if he would have been. And, really? And the draft? Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think Cole Coleman. I I go I I go totally opposite from you guys. I think I think I think um I think Douglas's attitude is a little bit more fiery. I know he he sounds I think I, I reading about him and listening to him talk, I think he's a he's more aggressive than people give him credit for. Um I think he definitely would have went after Bell. I because I think I more than anything you have to understand the view of the reason why Bell was brought. It's not only because he was one of the top free agency free agent players out there, but understand when you have a young quarterback, what a running back like Bell could do for him. Um, um, especially when you know your offensive line is not the best. You know, you want to have a guy that he could use not only in the backfield as a, as a, to run the ball, but also you could split him out. So you, so the defense could never teach on anything you're doing, and I think I think I think as a GM, try, missing that point more than anything would be a failure. I think GM would have picked Bell and would would have paid him. I think I think what reason why Chris said that and and is because um, when you wasn't on the episode, Charmin, I know you heard Chris. Chris made that point about with the with the um, with the Eagles not being big on the running backs. You know, and um, remember they had Jay Ajahi, even though he's not doing good, he he's so free agent. But <laughs> but they but they running backs is 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 really not that freaking good. No, yeah, it's because more of the draft and they trade. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, because they, they go old school. They yeah, build from within, right? But Not you have to. Line, yeah, line. but you have to under exactly when you come in when you're building from the ground when you're building on a team where you have uh, uh Jason Peters and you. Some of the offensive line guys they have, man, you don't need to go oh, out yeah, no, and get one of the best offensive lines. Exactly, and that was the point. And defensive that was, lines, right? That was the point I was trying to make. You know, the fact, the fact that you can get a half-ass running back to help Donald. You need somebody that's not only smart upstairs, but somebody athletically that's probably one of the top three, probably one the running backs in the league. You know, 
you need that kind of talent to help him out, you know, more than anything, especially yeah, no, again, I, you know, with I the totally offensive agree. line is not good. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I, totally I, agree. I, I definitely well, agree. Um, I disagree that I think I think Douglas would have definitely went after. Ben. I but think I the draft. No, nah, go right ahead, Chris. I was gonna say I also see what um, what Gates was. You know, the whole thing with Gates, he didn't want to spend all that money on on uh, Bell as well. That was mm. another reason why I was kind of leaning that. I don't think they would have went that high for Bell. I think they would have yeah. went for the lower running back. I think Mosley definitely because they yeah. needed help there too. Yeah, and there really wasn't. I think I think he would have went for the offensive line. I think he would have went aggressive for the for the line. I think he would have yeah, went more aggressive. And if he couldn't do it, it would have it would have been the draft. And then the draft, though Douglas probably would have got us a wide receiver. He I, definitely would have got us a wide I, receiver. I'll yeah. say, yeah, but, I'll say but this. Never change that number. Would never change that Quentin Williams pick. No. Yeah, no. So. Nobody would no, not pick Williams, but I think I think I think the draft is what I think that would have been different. I think I think free agency would probably be the same for uh, for Douglas. I think for the draft, I think Douglas would have been way different because I think a lot of points that uh, Joe Bluey made before when he uh, uh, about about some of the picks, it wasn't like the guys were bad picks. I don't think Chuma Doga is a bad player. I think I think he probably would have been a second round player if he didn't have issues. Uh, um, with uh, with his school at school, and 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 pe- people were kind of like you know worried about what kind of guy he really is. Um, um, I think he would have gone higher. But when you don't, when you when you need a like you guys just said, when you need a center, when you need a wide receiver, when you need a, a, a probably another safety, you don't. That's not where you pick. You know, a, a tackle that uh, that you a swing tackle he might be. You know, I don't know, like. I, I think I think Douglas would have done differently in the uh, with the draft and definitely. Yeah. You know what? He would have been more aggressive trading up, I think, and he also would have been Cold, more aggressive course. trading trading our guys. I think he would have definitely traded uh, Lee a lot sooner. No, I think we would have had a cornerback too. I think we would have had a, a way deep, better cornerback than the yeah. guy from the Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, but you know that. I agree. But but. Uh, hopefully Joe Douglas still gets us a, a cornerback after preseason or before preseason, whatever how he does it. But uh, my grade, I, I'll give a, uh, I'll give, I'll give him a B plus. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. Uh, free agency, I give it a, um, a A, like a solid A. Um, Anthony Barr and that stupid ass decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not in my feelings, but yeah, that it still pissed me off because you tried to do the cut Kirk Cousins way. But I'll give it a solid A. Um, the draft, I, I'll give it a B minus. Uh, you know, um, I'm still, I'm, I'm hoping uh, polite, Jakai polite does, does, yes. does, you know, does good, and I think Great that's point. still, um, Jakai polite. I think he'll be still, um, with Quentin Williams, um. And and we still got Henry Anderson, um, Joe Blewett. I'm, I'm wait I'm waiting on that film. That's who I want to see next. But uh, <laughs> you know Henry Anderson, um, and and Leo Williams, and you know what Greg Williams is going to do on that defense. He's going to be changing it up a lot. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be real interesting to see. Um, I'll give it a, a B minus. I'm not giving it a you know first I gave it a solid B, but after looking at it, yeah, I'm giving it a B minus. I'm not giving it so yeah, Miles is a B plus. I give him a B. I give him a B plus just because of free agency. I'm gonna go A plus plus because we got rid of Mac and we ended up with Douglas. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm giving it an A plus plus. Also, I mean, yeah, not for the uh, draft, obviously. Draft yeah, is so solid, yeah. but not you know. 
Yeah, but but that's why I said it's a B minus because after after Jakai Polite and after Quentin Williams, who who says that these guys is going to be and, and is going to be on this team and not just be on this team, but also can be it can be a changer, you know. So so I I, I don't know I I don't, I don't I don't have the trust I don't I don't have the trust. Uh, but but yeah, well we'll see what happens though. Uh, I I guess we we covered everything for today. Make yes, sure sir. y'all give us a follow on uh, Jets Fans Podcast on Twitter, um, Instagram, and why Jets Fans Podcast. Uh, fellas, as always, good podcast. And um, yeah. until next week, take flight. Jet up. Jet up, guys. Jet up, boys.